Welcome back to Sportsmates Offside Report, brought to you by the EPL Live app. I'm Nick Guglielmino, and once again, I'm joined by Jimmy Sabo. Welcome, Jimmy. Oh, thanks, mate. Oh, we're doing individual things now. Yeah, no, we'll get memo. straight into it. We'll get oh, straight. great. No, I'm good. I'm really good, mate. Um, good. I'm happy. Uh, Juventus had a win this morning in the Champions League at time of recording, um, which is great. So I'm very happy. Why are we doing the individual things? It took me by surprise. Well, you know, I like to change things up. You know, you how do I work. like Ollie, who changed the formation, and now he's the world's best coach. <laughs> Mitch, Mitch, how are you going? I'm well. I'm well. I feel for Al because normally Al gets introduced first, um, and now he's been left best. to last. So it's a real change up. Um, it is. It is. I've actually got Al second on my sheet, but I thought I'd save him to last. Yeah, nice. he's the oldest. <laughs> last, but certainly not the least, because there has been a heap of breaking news over the last couple of days surrounding one club in particular, and that is Tottenham Hotspur, and he is our fan correspondent. So, Al, first of all, welcome. How are you? And, I mean, yeah, give us a lowdown of the last few days and what your thoughts around it all is. Hi, Nate. Yeah, thank you, yeah, Jimmy. Oldest but the wisest, probably. <laughs> you, you, mate. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think, what, what? well, last few days, unbelievable. You know, it's gone from... Disaster against mm. United at the weekend. You know, mm. Spurs were were ridiculously rubbish. Um, and now we've sat the coach, and we've got a new one. Yep, it's all Ooh. it's all unfolded very quickly. And I mean, uh, Mitch, you actually called it last week. You said the loser of Manchester United versus Tottenham, the coach will get sacked. So you got that ticked off. That was correct. But Al, I mean, is are you happy about the inclusion of Antonio Conte? Because you weren't too fond of him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you I called know. him rubbish. You called him overrated. You called him the worst thing that ever happened to the Premier League and you were hoping he'd never come back. And now all of a sudden he's back, Alan, and you've changed your <laughs> tune all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I didn't call him rubbish. I'm, I think he was. we were talking about, we were referencing um, Lukaku at the time and ah. You know, the fact that he's not the Chelsea manager anymore, he's the, the manager of Spurs, which is mm. great. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I mean, to be honest with you, that game, the gaffer got it right. Mitch, you got it right, as, as Nick said. Mm. That match on Sunday was the equivalent of a managerial squid game. Who <laughs> gets eliminated, but still gets a good payout. Um, and it's unfortunate too. Yeah. It's unfortunate for us because I would have loved Conte to come to United. Well, that's and it. You, you won the again, battle, but lost the war. That's right. Once again, Oli got lucky. He literally got lucky. I don't even care, even this morning, that Drew's Atalanta, who pulled him out of it? Cristiano Ronaldo, the best player in the world. Because of that. Not because of Oli. Because of the players at his disposal. Because of the talent that's there. Even my dog agrees, if you can hear him barking in the background. Um, but, Alan, is it how much of a difference is he going to make? And we expected this, didn't we? We called everyone. Like, Mitch made that that outlandish statement at the time it sounded like it but everyone kind of expected it how much of a difference does he make well it, i mean yeah the writing was on the wall i mean you, you're talking well for nuno i mean to be, to be honest with you I'm, I'm actually it's a brutal decision for him i mean i feel for the guy you know was, was he the right fit for spurs though probably not but only to get like 10 premier league games you know that's pretty damaging for him and his career to be honest mm. with you well, apparently he wasn't. He, apparently, he wasn't the first choice um, option when he when he got you know announced as Spurs coach, which is seventh choice. To be honest, he well, was. Yeah. We said it last Literally. week. Conte was the first choice. Yeah, and why didn't he come though? Why why didn't that eventuate? Because they're in they're in uh, extensive talks with him. He was going to come, but what what pushed him away? And now that it, it, something's convinced him to come on board. Why did that not happen first? Because it was the wrong appointment. It was. It was it was stupid to be honest. He was out of his depth, and he didn't he didn't even have tactical is one side, but ma- but man management he just didn't seem to get the players on his side at all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, at the moment, this, as a Spurs fan, the only football worth watching at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium right now is is the NFL. <laughs> um, at least you get a bit of action and probably more shots on goal. To be fair, I mean, yeah, those stats are pretty bad. I mean, we've had one hundred and three shots on goal. You know, there were zero shots on target for two hours and 16 minutes. Mm. You know, last one was, was a hurricane effort against West Ham in the 44th minute. So nine goals and bottom of the London team's league, if you, if you want to put you know, mm. a, a league for that. We've lost against pretty much all of them that we've played. Yep. Um, the, the most concerning thing under, under Nuno, though, is the average distance covered by Spurs, the team. You know, I think it was average, averaging at 99 Ks at 
kilometers a game, which is probably the worst in the Premier League, apparently. Mm. Really? And we talk about the teams of the past with like Poch. You know, they, they were classed as the fittest team in the league. You know, they covered more Ks than the majority of other teams, you know, back back when they were challenging for the top four. So, you know, that's from from Conte's point of view, I'm, that's what I'm looking for. You know, I'm I'm basically looking for to see those players press high, create chances, and, and also be solid at the back. You know, mm. we, we we mentioned it last week with Conte potentially going to going to United, right? You know, he'll start from the back. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to all of that. At the moment, there's just nothing. I mean, it was 11. Basically, mm. Nuno's team was 11 names on the team sheet. And that was it. The the back's going to be solid. I can guarantee, and I'm guaranteeing there's silverware. It'll come. It'll come. He is the the best manager in the world. I'm going to say it. He is. In the he world. Just, he just, in the world. I don't care, Nick. You know when he came to Juventus, right? <laughs> Juventus twice in a row finished seventh. He came there, and I think Pirlo said it in his book, but all the Juventus players said, as soon as he came in, the world changed. They looked at the world differently, and he demands respect because he comes in there and he says, if I if I respect you, you respect me back, and this is how we're going to work. Everyone's on the same page. It's a clear direction, and you can play defensively, but you can still be aggressive defensively, which is, I think, what Hull was talking about before, about, about these players not covering distance and that sort of thing, all buying in. And when that first season, Juventus went undefeated. Their top goal scorer was, was uh, uh, Alessandro Matri with 12 goals. And he was the top goal scorer with 12. But the difference was it's not just going to be boring football. It's because he looked at the players at his disposal and said, this is what we've got to work with. This is what we'll do. He's great at identifying what he has to work with. And I think he's done that at, at Chelsea as well. And he did that at Inter. And a clear example is when he went to Inter, he hated Inter Milan, hated the club. He played for Juventus, absolutely hated them. He went there and he said, my job is to get these guys back up. And that's exactly what he did. He took one season, he won a, a cup with them. Then the next season, he wins the title. Well, same with Chelsea as well. Unbelievable. Yeah, there you go. He, as well. he was 10th. They were 10, sorry, when uh, he took over at Chelsea. And then yep. the following season, they win the title and they make two FA Cup finals in a row as well. So silverware comes pretty quickly. Um, so, I mean, how quickly are we uh, predicting Tottenham to win something or at least compete? Look at Al shaking his head. He's so pessimistic. Just, no, no, I'm not. I, I just want to say, look, you know, he is a proven winner. And, yeah. and I agree. I'm, I'm excited about it. Absolutely. Yeah. He is an ex-Chelsea manager, sacked by Chelsea. You know, he's a proven winner. We've see, kind of seen this before, haven't we? It's, it, and, you know, obviously with Mourinho, mm. it's, a, it's a big job and he needs time. He's got 18 months at the moment and mm. there's a lot of money. I think, Nick, you asked, you know, why didn't he come in the summer? Maybe he didn't, he wasn't guaranteed, um, you know, the players. I think they're going to put a bit, bit of money into the transfer market um, this, Janu- for the, the, this January. So yes. hopefully we'll get some um, some small players in there, and he'll just he's going to whip those lazy players, um, yeah, into shape, or he'll get rid of them. Yeah, that's, the, that's the that's the difference. He'll whip them into shape, or just say piss off. Well, that's the one concern I have. Oh, sorry, Jimmy, did I cut you off? No, no, you didn't. You didn't. No, I was going to say show. the one concern I have show. is that his tenures aren't very long at the clubs he's been at. They they usually last two or three years. Uh, Juventus it didn't last it a bit longer. And and the yep. reason being is probably because he's he's in love with the club. When he went to Inter, he, he, the first thing he got rid of was the song before the start of the game. He got rid of the Inter song. He didn't like it. So he go. He's got an emotional attachment to uh, to Juventus, which is why he stayed there. But what what he what he does do? Oh, sorry, I, I know I'm rambling on a little bit too much. I want to ask Mitch this because I want to ask Mitch what what do you think the best drug in the world is? What do you reckon? Because for Conte, he says it's victory, it's winning, it's an obsession, it's the best drug in the world, and he goes there because he wants to taste more. So I think when when he understands um, when the time's up, maybe when it's time to move on, he just gets out of there quickly and goes to the next project. What do you reckon, Mitch? Oh, I think it's like pretty good, good, doesn't it, as a coach? Oh, it's, there's no better feeling than victory. And once you do get a little bit of it, you can't stop. And especially going to a team like like Tottenham with Harry Kane, Harry Kane's going to want that same thing. And he hasn't had that in a long time. He hasn't scored in a long time in the Prem. So, you know, he's going there and he's certainly going to put a fire back in those players' bellies. I can imagine his first conversation, and he's probably already had it over the phone or in person if he's got the opportunity, would have been with Harry Kane. Straight away. Um, he's the person who needs to get on side. He's the person he really needs to get fired up. Um, and I can imagine Son and Mora will have important jobs within Tottenham. Um, I think, the, as Al, you mentioned, the distance covered. I think that'll be the first thing. You know, maybe we don't see a, a change straight away on the scoreline. Mm. Um, but I think I can almost guarantee that next game they'll be well in the hundreds. 
um, because, you know, players actually have to play now. They they might feel a bit of a kick up the ass, and, you know, if they don't work, they won't play for him because, you know, he's, he doesn't have to hold. He doesn't have to make friends. He's there to win. Um, I think Nuno was still trying to find his feet and maybe didn't have the respect coming from a club like Wolves to Tottenham. Um, whereas Conte, well, he wins. Um, he's there to win. He doesn't care who you are. You know, if Harry Kane doesn't keep scoring, he could be under pressure to actually start a game. So I think he's going to go in there and change things quickly. And, you know, once those players taste a victory, like Kane, once Kane scores one, we know who's scored two. And we know who probably keep that run going to the end of the year. So, you know, victory, goals, they all come. And when they start, they won't stop. And, you know, I think that's what Tottenham fans have got to look forward to. But it, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. You know, this weekend will be an interesting test in itself. But, you know, I can certainly see it getting a lot, a lot sweeter from now on in. So on a scale of 1 to 10, Mitch, how pissed off are you that Manchester United missed out on Conte? I don't know why Tottenham teams roll over like Liverpool did. You know, Liverpool did exactly what we needed them to do. And all of a sudden, Tottenham actually go, you know what? We want to play like Norwich. And United go, you know what? We can actually score goals again. And, you know, why do we do this? Like this morning against Atalanta, why did Ronaldo think he could score goals? Why? That's not his job. <laughs> his job's to get Ole sacked so we can get it. a better coach in. But now there's no coaches available. So, you know, I'm still yeah. just a Dan bus, but if I was a Dan, I wouldn't want to come and ruin my record. I've got a great coaching record if I'm a Dan. Like, mm. you go to United, you lose it all. But, oh, uh, look, <laughs> that's I'm, I'm devastated. <laughs> that's, that's a bit harsh. Like, I mean, United at the weekend, were, uh, I know they're playing Spurs and it was the best time to play Spurs. <laughs> But and they they were hard. But it was the best time for Spurs to play United as well, to be honest. It couldn't right have, now, yeah, couldn't worked out. It couldn't have worked yeah. out better. <laughs> it did work out, obviously. But um, I thought United, ten out of ten for for Ole at the weekend. Uh, he, you know, Varane coming back in. I think I said that last week. I got that's to, right. But now he's out again. He's that's out what pulls again. him over the line. That's what he's, pulls Ole over the line. It's the quality in that United. We've been saying that, yeah. And he started Cavani actually. Cavani impressed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cavani up front with Ronaldo were were solid. Those two combined, yeah. combined age of seventy. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> no, it's um, it's baffling. It's annoying. I, quickly, does anyone feel sorry for Nuno? Because when he when he subbed off, uh, I think it was Mora, and they were, and the fans were booing him. Yeah. I mean, look, I know he's not, he hasn't done a good job, but how, I mean, how vicious, it's a bit vicious. Like, do you feel sorry for the man? Because yeah, he doesn't go that. there to Jimmy, do a I said bad that job. Start. I said yeah. it. Yeah, I feel sorry for sorry, him. Sorry, I don't listen to you sometimes, I zone out. You, you do. obviously don't. No, brutal oh. decision for him. Yeah. yeah. But he, it wasn't right for Spurs and, he, and, it, and it, you know, there's a mistake there. Uh, but it could be damaging for his career as well. Mm. Uh, but he's going to get a good payout. You get a massive payout. You get a nice payout. That's but nice. it was it was said from the start. I mean, Tottenham said at the start they wanted to play attacking football, and you go and sign a counter-attacking coach yeah. or a defensive a defensive minded first. And he's still to this day. I don't think in any of the games that he coached for Tottenham, he played his normal or standard formation or standard game. Mm-hmm. He tried to adapt to what Tottenham wanted instead of backing himself. Um, I think he'll get another opportunity. It's going to damage him. I don't think he'll get an opportunity. At, you know, I think this hurts him for the next good ten years. Probably going to a bigger club. Mm. Um, but I reckon those mid-table clubs should snap him up. Um, he can still do a job, but he just needs to be at the right sort of club, like a Southampton or a, you know, those clubs that do base themselves around that more counter-attacking and and you know striking on the front foot and sitting back and holding in. So, but it, it'll be interesting. He won't be able, without a job for long. I wouldn't have thought. I think we mentioned it. We mentioned it last week, but he was a little bit out of his depth. You know, he's bitten off more than mm. you know chew. Um, it's just Spurs. You're in the media all every week. All the time. There's so much expectation in the mansion. So it's it's wasn't for him. And uh, we can move on. <laughs> and excuse- How's Al just moving on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> excuse me for uh, uh, including Liverpool into this chat. Oh, God. Oh, Inevitable go. that I fit it in somehow, don't I? But um, it, it does. The, the whole Conte to Tottenham thing does remind me of Klopp to Liverpool. when Of he course. Was- it really does. You of the big personality, you know, uh, is a really great character. He's a winner. He's high profile, and he comes into the club, and he can, um, you know, he'll have full control over Tottenham in everything they do, players, transfers, um, game plan, all that sort of stuff. And I kind of think that's why United, the Glazers, probably held off a bit, was because I think they, I think they enjoy having Ollie in there because they can push him around a bit, but. Yeah, I don't know. It would be quite interesting. It's true, but the club wasn't as high profile as Conte is now. I mean, at the time he wasn't. Oh, I mean, he did have he did have success in Germany, but geez, Conte, mate, he's done it at two the two biggest leagues in the world. He's had success, so I think he's a little bit higher than Klopp at the time. 
Oh, I don't know. I, I'd ha- I would have had Klopp pretty high profile. I mean, because of his character and his success at Dortmund. And his taking, teeth. taking him to, oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. I don't know. Though. That's my opinion. But someone else I feel sorry for in Europe is Ronald Koeman. Um, He didn't last too long at Barca as well. And now it looks like, I'm not sure if he's actually happened yet. Xavi, uh, I think it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think Barcelona are going to go for that cheaper option and bring in their uh their club legend back into the board and yeah that's going to be an interesting one al what do you think of that he's either really thinking hard or he's frozen (laughs) one of the two could be both um because he does like to think about his okay james you you take his spot (laughs) no i was gonna say this is very much mitch territory because Mm. mitch on every other day talks about barcelona and how much of a fake club they are i like to see his opinion on this move because i'm interested when whenever mitch talks about barcelona there's a little bit of saltiness about it mitchell i don't know about this saltiness you speak of but i i think any anybody that goes there now i think any barcelona fan that is honest about football has to know that but this isn't the Barcelona of five years ago, six mm. years ago. This isn't a Barcelona with Messi in it running the show. Mm. This is a Barcelona starting from literally, you know, square A. They've got to go back to the start. You've got to, you know, breed some new talent. You've got to give these kids time. This isn't, you know, we're not talking about a Barcelona team that, you know, was winning leagues, was winning every single trophy available. This isn't who they are anymore. And I think yeah. if, if honestly, if Barcelona employed Koeman thinking they were still that club, it, you know, he was doomed from the start. You know, there's got to be, and I think Xavi will get the time that he didn't, and Xavi will be given an opportunity to, you know, develop new kids, try new things, lose games, uh, just purely because of who he is. He's an ex-Barcelona legend. They're not going to smash him in the media. Yeah. That little bit of extra light. But, you know, I don't think Barcelona are going to turn it around within this year. I think it'll just be, if I was, you know, you'd almost want to go in there and give some time to kids and say, if he comes out openly, this is... I mean, it would all approach it differently, but for me, I'd almost approach it and come out and say, "Look, we're going to develop kids. We're going to we're going to grow. You know, in two years' time, judge me then, because it's not a squad that's going to win anything now. I mean, Aguero is now out for what three months with that chest problem. Um, you know, then they're just not who they used to be, and you know, you've got to accept that and move on. So, I think it'll be interesting the job Javi does because it's very yeah. different to coaching in Saudi Arabia. Is that where he is at the moment? I don't think it'll work, to be honest. He's only got the job because of his name, like as oh. a player, not as a manager. And most of the time it doesn't it's work. True. Not everyone's an Antonio Conte, you know? So it's, it's, it is it's, the hottest seat to be in at the moment, is. especially for a club legend. That's right. Al's just had a think about 15 minutes. He's back now. What's your opinion on this, Alan? It better be good. It's a big run-up. Oh, you're obviously talking about Barcelona here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Missed out there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, big decision if, to, to make if that happens. You know, if, uh, as you said, I agree with you, Jimmy, for once. Um, <laughs> That's a surprise. <laughs> so he's a great player, but has he got that, you know, has he got that experience? No. Mm. So we'll have to see. But yeah. Barcelona at the moment, they're pretty rubbish, aren't they? So mm. uh, it happens. So, you know, this season's over. So the, the expectation won't be there for this, you know, this season. It's, it's for the next. and And you know, years ahead as well. So um, it's one for the future. And another interesting one is Newcastle, the situation there. They're still looking for a manager and it's getting thrown around that Unai Emery could be back in the Premier League, could join Conte in returning to England. Good and evening. I thought, yeah, good, good evening, good afternoon. We'll hear that uh, a bit. But not, at least it changed something. At the moment, it's just the same, isn't it? Newcastle, they, they, didn't they go with the same lineup? They got lucky, didn't they? They got very lucky against Crystal Palace. thought that something would change. It's just the same Newcastle, isn't it? They're going to get relegated? Well, they could, unless Unai Emery changes something. But even yeah. he's at Villarreal at the moment, and they've only got two wins to their name out of 10 or 11 games or whatever it's been. So it's going to be an interesting one to see. Yeah, is, is he really the one to turn it over? He's no Sam Allardyce. Can he cope with a relegation battle? Um, again, this is a, probably a question for Mitch. Um, mate, you're, you're into those tactics and everything like that. You're well across all the managers. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one if he is getting touted. He's he's getting yeah he's getting recruited from uh, Villarreal while he's still manager at Villarreal. I think that's a bit of a weird situation going on there. It's a real weird one, and they're certainly going to be chucking a lot of money at him to get him out of a contract and then put him into a new contract. And then I dare say, if I was him, I'd be saying, look, if you do fire me before the end of my tenure, I want a you know healthy payout as well. 
because if they get relegated, he, he won't be there. It's, he's just, I can't see, this is my thing with what Newcastle are doing is if they get relegated and they chase, if they chase a big name coach now and get relegated, there's no chance, you know, Emery or um, if can pick a name that they've put it there, that has Conseca. been suggested. Who? Conseca. Yeah, Conseca. Yeah, he's not going to want to coach in the championship. It's as simple as that. They're not going to want to have that on their name. That is why I still am on the Eddie Howe boat <laughs> because he will do it and he's been there before and he knows how to get out of there. And I still think they need to go back to that and actually build a foundation rather than chasing it because he would. He'd be a one se- he'd be a two season fix if that, if that. And it's just not going to work. He's proven to be a bit of a bogey. You know, he's a bogey coach for when he plays uh, coaches against United. I think he's had, you know, got the wood over us. But I just don't think it would be the right move at all, let alone getting a coach out that's clearly failing in the league he's in now um, with, you know, arguably a stronger team. It just doesn't – it's a weird one. I think they're searching. They want to fix something, but they don't know how to do it. You know, it's just got everything of a team that's going to get relegated, to be honest. And I'd, I'd like them to get relegated so Burnley can stay up. That's, it's very simple. <laughs> I think, you know, Steve Bruce, he should, they should have kept him on. Kept him on in, until, I mean, they, they haven't got a solution now, right? So they, they've obviously been talking to a few few people, but, you know, it's going to be a few more games. They'll have the international break coming up, but they'll, they need to get someone in mm. very quickly. So who might be available soon is uh, Rafa Benitez. Uh, he could make the return to Newcastle pretty shortly. But enough about the uh, enough about the struggling teams in okay. the Premier League. Let's let's get some positivity into this podcast and talk mm. about someone performing. Please, Mitch, take it away. I mean, West Ham, or we can just call them Declan oh. Rice United. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, that is they are just in on an incredible run. I mean, I think last year we sort of, or towards the end of last year, we saw Suchek really break out for the for them. Mm. Um, and now we're just seeing Declan Rice come into a field of his own. And it is scary. Like, he is leading, I think he's leading most of the midfield stats. I mean, to, the, to date, he's got 20 interceptions. He's created 12 chances. And it's not like he's just doing it at one end of the field. He's going back and he's made 11 clearances this year already. Mm. He is literally that, he's a box-to-box midfielder in a nutshell. And he is killing it for them. Most assists um, as well. Oh, yeah. He's just, it's, and he's, he's great to watch. It's, it's exciting to watch. And West Ham are exciting to watch. I mean, Antonio started the year with a bang. And mm. I think we all just sort of thought this would be just a, you know, a one off sort of thing. He'll score a few goals here and there and they'll look all right and they'll qualify maybe Europa if lucky. But now they're really challenging for that top five, uh, top four, sorry. They're um, pushing. And they've got a good run of games coming up. I think, I think the next five they involve against Chelsea and Liverpool. I think even City's in there. So it'll be a real test for them. But right now they're exciting. And, you know, I'd be interested. Al, do you think they can uh, keep Tottenham out of a Europa spot? Before Al goes, Al, Al doubted David Moyes strongly at the start of the season. Even said Declan Rice was a little bit overrated. What does he think now? That's completely opposite, mate. You know, oh, that, uh, David Moyes had. A, I thought he had a you know chance at United a few years ago. I mean, he was great at Everton, wasn't he? So <laughs> yeah, well, he was, and then he, he was at United, and then yeah, he did. He did. But he didn't get much of a chance. I mean, he bought some crap players, but mm. we'll move on from that one. We. Um, I still think he's a great manager, and and look at it. They're they're playing as a team, West Ham. Yeah, it's hard for me to say that. Obviously, been a been a Tottenham fan, but um, they look really really good. What and about Villa? Potentially. Oh, sorry, mate. So I was just going to say, what about Villa? Dropped off pretty heavily. I mean, other than Ollie Watkins, uh, there's not much, is there? I think I thought last season, watching both of them, I thought they were um, performing above expectation both sides last year, uh, last season, and then West Ham's just taken off. What about Villa? What's wrong there? No, think, no, Jack Grealish. They never, yeah, they never. You can't true. replace him. I mean, I, yeah. I think if, if if United or Chelsea or let's be honest, United, Chelsea, or Liverpool could all come in with a bit of cash for Rice next year, mm. and you know, I'd be interested to see if if they could rebuild from there. I mean, you sell them for 110 million. You know, what are you going to do? Go out and try and chase a 110 million dollar player to replace him, or do you sign mm. four or five people to do jobs around him and, and just the Premier League? Yeah. And that's what Aston Villa did. And that's probably what's taken them so long to, you know, get yeah. back up. They bring they brought in some good players. Obviously, Danny Ings was a good one. Leon Bailey, there was a few in there. But, yeah, it's going to take a while for them to adapt. And, yeah, if, if Declan Rice did move or, heaven forbid, touch wood if he gets injured uh, this season, uh, I think we'll see a different West Ham United. They do play good football, but he's such an integral part to that, yeah, to that team. So... Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's, I, I would have him as one of the best midfielders in the Premier League at the moment, hands down, um, based on form. Uh, and another team worth mentioning uh, is Brighton. 
They yes. enjoyed another good result against they Liverpool. Put a frown on your face. Who was that against again? I missed that. <laughs> Who they play? I missed the game. <laughs> it was Liverpool and it was at Anfield. So fair play to you, Mitch. Two nil. Last week you were looking forward to that game, but it could have been it could have been three nil right before half time. But instead, Mane's goal, the whole Robert Sanchez error gets chalked off for a handball in the build up, and you know, fair enough. I I, I personally wouldn't have called it a handball, but anyway, uh, it, it's. Yep. Remain 2-0, uh, Brighton get the goal um, a few minutes later and they go into halftime with hope. And yeah, in, in fairness to them, they they outplayed us, they outsmarted us. And I think that's that's a positive on Brighton and Graham Potter. That's what they do. They know how to, they know how to control games of football. Um, I think Brighton are one of the very few teams that take, have a very analytical and statistical approach, a, a bit like Moneyball. You know, if you've watched that movie with the players they recruit and the game plan, um, that's probably seen them uh, overperform this season in the Premier League in years gone by. And their owners, Brighton's owners as well, they own a uh, Belgium team as well uh, called Union something, Union. And they, they recently, they got promoted this season. This is their first year in the top flight in Belgium and they're top of the Belgium league. So I wouldn't be calling the whole Brighton run a fluke. I think this is very much Well, planned. you did that last week. You did that last week in, until they played Liverpool. It's very coincidental that you've got all this praise for Potter now because Jurgen Klopp oh. definitely came out and said, that's he's all you need. Big praise on Graham Potter. I've loved him since he's coming. Great manager. It looks like he's got all the players on his side. I think also they don't play boring football. Like a lot of the lower teams, they don't, they just try and conserve and play on the counter. They actually, they were pretty, they're exciting this season. I've liked the way they've played. They like to play quick sometimes. They play out from the back. Mm. I don't, I don't mind the way they're playing Potter. So it's just coincidental that the week they play Liverpool, Nick's all praise about Brighton. I've, always, weeks, mate, I've always had praise on rated them the whatsoever. Year. Yeah. I was I was complimenting their uh, squad a few weeks ago. You know they've got don't recall Lamptey, Kukurea, Basuma, Morpe. They're good players, and I mean that's a credit to their recruiting as well. They recruit young, mm. um, exciting players. And Tarek Lamptey came on in the second half. Obviously, he had a slow start to the year after being injured, but mate, he's such an exciting talent, and he r- ripped us to shreds. Could have easily they could have easily won that game in Anfield. We're very lucky. Hey, Alan. Oh, hey, go, Jim. So, sorry, Mitch. Sorry, mate. Now, Alan, what's the um like in Brighton? You know how like every fan group has just stereotypes. What's the one for Brighton? For for Brighton, I, I'm not I'm not too sure really. I mean, I suppose they're down by the sea. Mm. I haven't got a clue. It's a good question. Beach I was no, just curious. I mean, they're pretty irrelevant, but you know, I thought maybe they'd have a stereotype kind of. Not too sure. I mean, you're the man on the ground in London. I thought you'd you'd know what people no, say not, about them no I, I don't know too much about them to be honest with you um they're just yeah they've, they've been under the radar for quite a long time mm. haven't they? so it's it's good that they're up there now have you ever been there to the stadium or around that area i mean i've been to brighton before i haven't been to the stadium no yeah what's it like brighton's lovely it's pebble beach though uh yeah. so oh, you guys wouldn't like it sore yeah sore on your feet for sure but it's, uh, it's good, good for sun baking yeah, with your deck chair, get your deck chair with a bit of ice cream um, and fish and chips for, for your dinner. It's lovely. Nice. Yeah, take, no, take no our, our, yeah, one of our producers in production, Gordo's been there, said terrible beach, doesn't enjoy it. Terrible beach for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, no sound. Mm. Mitchell, I interrupted you. Sorry, sir. Oh, look, I was just going to ask Nick how he felt about Adam Lallana just putting on a show against his old club. Oh mate, I love the line. I'm not salty about it at all. Um, and it was good. it was a good touch at the end as well. He paid tribute to the fans. He walked up to the cop and gave him a clap. And yeah, they gave them he gave they gave him a standing ovation as well in return. So that was good to see. I'm happy to see him um, doing well. And again, good recruiting from Brighton. Although they do recruit a lot of young players now, um, they do go out and fish for some experience too. And yeah. Good, good find by them. He played a good game, and yeah, he's. Uh, I hope, I hope it continues because he's had his injuries troubles in the past. So we'll see how that plays out um, for the rest of the season. I hope it continues. So good on him, good on him, and another team as well, Crystal Palace. I mean, we don't have any Manchester City people here, but I mean, that's a massive wing. That's the upset of the weekend. How Two nil. 
at the Etihad. How good yeah. was it? Patrick Vieira is doing wonderful things. We're talking about managers at the moment. He's he's surprised everyone. I'll, I'll admit, didn't expect much from him. Another player comes in with not a lot of experience, don't know much about him, but he's got everyone on his side. And uh, I think they're playing good football. Another team, I think, that are playing exciting football. I go back to that, that sometimes these teams just try to steal points, but they're playing good football. Again, playing out from the back, getting results and I enjoy them. I think he's he's good. I mean, Nick didn't rate him whatsoever. Oh, I was similar. I was, I was similar. a bit skeptical. I was skeptical, but no, he's done well. I thought, yeah, he didn't have he didn't have much experience coming into the job at Crystal Palace. I think he had a, some time in America. Uh, I can't remember what team for. I think it was New York. New York. New York. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And he has only won two games out of the ten at Palace, but he's also only lost two games as well. So mm. six straws thrown into there. So he's getting results. The players are playing well. I mean, they're not relying on Wilfred Zaha as much. um, Conor Gallagher, he's been incredible this season for them, obviously on loan from Chelsea, another one of those Chelsea Academy boys. Um, And Michael Olise as well. And still Eberichi Eze to be thrown in there too. So again, they've got a young, exciting team that, you know, it looks like they can, if if they hold on again this season um, to survival in the Premier League, um, they, they could really build on it under Patrick Vieira, I feel. I'm a big fan of Guaita as well. Sorry, Mitch, I was going to say, what about Melbourne uh, Melbourne City? <laughs> Manchester City. I thought they were equally as poor. What about the Bruyne? He's in a little well, bit of a bad patch. Yeah, he's certainly in a little bit of a bad patch, which is almost, un- I can't actually remember the last time De Bruyne strung so many bad games together. Ah. It's very unlike him, but I think in the weirdest way and and. Like, I mean, Pep said in a press conference when he was asked about it, every time they don't win, it comes back to they don't have a striker. When they yeah. do win, it's, it's how good's Phil Foden. But it, it does come back to that because if a Harry, I mean, okay, I keep going back to Harry Kane, but if a Harry Kane was up there, he probably puts away an opportunity. He puts away a 50-50. Phil Foden, his runs are fantastic. He can get in the right positions. There's no doubt about that. But he's not an out-and-out striker, and he's not going to finish the 50-50s. I mean, that's what they wanted Ronaldo. You well, that's I mean? could, you, could you imagine De Bruyne feeding Ronaldo? Like, please, it would just be, oh, it'd be incredible to watch. So I think that's that's what it could come down to is just missing that nine that he can connect with. And maybe he doesn't have that um, partnership at the moment with Phil Foden where they can read each other and where they're going and, and the ball to be played. But I think we just can't take away anything from, from Crystal Palace. And especially, I mean, we spoke about Declan Rice having a massive impact. I would love to see Crystal Palace make a big play for Conor Gallagher because it's going to be a while before Gallagher gets an opportunity at Chelsea in that midfield. Mm. And you know Gallagher could honestly he could be an, an amazing player for Palace and It'd just really set that club up to go back to Chelsea. That could be the worst thing possible because it would oh. just be another player there, bench player coming off yeah. the bench. Look at Loftus Cheek. I mean, I, I, I've always liked him, and, and yet he, I think he's now getting a bit of time every now and again, 20, 30 minutes off the bench. But Loftus Cheek and other, you know, again those sort of mid-table clubs like Palace, he would probably start and do very, very well. And you know he'd probably get spoken in a similar light to, to Gallagher is now. So. Yeah, I hope I hope that Palace do do quite well this year, and you know they're not going to win anything. But if they can get close and get a bit of extra money behind them and actually put a decent offer out for Gallagher, that for them will be huge. Because yeah. you know if they can build around Zaha, Gallagher, Eduard, um, you mm-hmm. know Zuma in the back line now, they're starting to get a bit of stability, and and they're looking that the football's good. Vieira is obviously you know he, the impression he's made on the players. There's obviously a good bond there, and you know the players want to play for him and. You know, they're playing good football in return and results will come. You know, the six draws, you can argue they could have won a few of those. So, you know, I think he's at the opposite end to, you know, Nuno who just wasn't getting anything. And, you know, Nuno won a player manager of the month at the start of the season. So, but, you know, I think Vieira deserves that bit of extra time because he is, yep. you know, the players are actually playing exciting football. If I was a fan, I'd still be going to games. If I was a top fan, there's no way I'd attend. Can I ask Alan a quick question? Oh, oh, <laughs> You'd attend now though. Ian Conte's on, on board. Alan, what made you happier over the weekend? Was it the draw, Brighton, Liverpool, or City losing 2-0? Because they're both pretty you know, pretty happy events. Well, I mean, everyone hates Liverpool. No one likes Man City. Yeah, what made th- you happier over the weekend? Yeah, it, has, it has to be the yeah, Liverpool-Brighton for sure. The draw. Uh, going down 2-0. Going 2-0 down and you, you know, there's, there's a good song that Arsenal fans used to sing to Spurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I won't go into that. And you, something up. But- <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably the, the highlight for sure. Um, I think, yeah. You guys mock us, but 
I mean, we're still undefeated. We're the only unbeaten team in the Premier League. We haven't lost in the Champions League. Uh, that could change tonight, obviously. Um, and we've won all our games in the League Cup, so you can keep mocking us. But hey. you're, un- you're undefeated, but where are you in the league? Second. How many points adrift? Three. Not that many. Yeah, it's not, but it's not winning, it is it? We've already played City and Chelsea. There's no prizes. Wait, 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 Mitch. Mitch, you're, Mitch, you're a United fan. You've got nothing to say right now. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, I love how Jimmy gets so I'm chirpy good. after a win against a struggling Spurs. I didn't get chirpy about United. I said I want to change the coach. I just don't like you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just on the topic of struggling teams, actually not struggling teams, overperforming middle table bottom teams. Mm. Um United. A, a new rule coming in. Yeah, exactly. United. Uh, a substitution uh, a rule, a, yeah. a new substitution rule coming in that could change that and work against them is the whole, you know, five substitutions being made. It's used all across Europe. So it is it, that's being used in Italy, yeah, James? Yeah. Yeah, and it's being used in the Premier League. So I'm, inter- I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. But I guess the, the criticism against this new rule is that obviously the teams with more depth will benefit more from it, which is obvious teams with more money and it could create that gap because in games like the Liverpool Brighton one on the weekend, Liverpool could have used two more substitutions with five minutes to go, whereas Brighton wouldn't have had much more to put on. So yeah. How, how does that work in Italy, James? Do you, are you a fan of it? Yeah, no, I don't mind it. I, I like them using more of their squad. I mean, it's a team game, and and you use everyone at your disposal. I've got no opportunity. I've got no problem with that. I think it's the same thing. I mean, using three or five that argument to say, oh, they've got more depth on the bench. I mean, they've got more depth either way. The quality. I think you should be using more of your squad. Um, I like that, and there is more competitions. I mean, we've advanced now um, in football. You know, because you've got more tournaments that you're playing throughout the week, you can rotate your squad even more. I'm a big fan of it. I like to see it, so I've got no problems. Mm. Well, how, how about for the small teams, though? Like you mentioned the competitions and mm. um, obviously those smaller teams and the mid-table clubs, that they, they don't compete in Europe and other competitions yeah, like fine. that. Yeah. The only yeah. way that they're going to get experience is by playing football. So that's the thing. That's why, you know, yeah, you, fair you, need enough. That time, you need that time on the pitch. You know, and so I think that develops your players even more. Even it benefits everyone. I've got no problem because it's going to be the same rule for every single club. I don't have a problem with it. That's just good shout. Good shout. Does anyone else object? I mean, just looking at put it this way: looking at City's bench on the weekend and the subs that they made, they brought on Sterling, Mares, and Stones, obviously for Laporte and the red card. But the other players on the bench, I mean, Gundogan, he wasn't going to come on and change anything. He's you know he's just another midfielder. He's probably more defensive anyway. Fernandinho not going to come on and change anything. So. Realistically, after those first three subs, there's probably no game change, like massive game changes. And yes, you can say that the other two subs for the other teams are going to be younger players, but a young player probably has more to prove. You know, a young striker is going to come on with more to prove than Gundawan is in that midfield. Like he's going to come in and be more hungry. Gundawan's just going to go out there and do his job that he's done for the last 15 years and does it very well. But, you know, a young kid coming on is going to have a point to prove. It's, it's good. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see the younger teams, they're going to play the younger players. And it's good. Like, as Jimmy said, it's going to be, you know, it's good for them. They get to rotate. And as for the bigger teams, you know, if anything, they'll probably start They'll probably start with, you know, not necessarily their first team, knowing they can make five subs and really change the whole game late in the second half, if need be, or they can rest them for the midweek games. So maybe Donny van der Beek might get a chance to play some games. <laughs> no, he still wouldn't. Need 10 subs. <laughs> well, he had three minutes today, didn't he? <laughs> he almost he scored too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> He almost he had an opportunity, but yeah, God, I feel for that kid. <laughs> it's just me too. I don't know what he's got. If he, I reckon, if he scored, he still would have been. He probably would have not even been on the team sheet for the weekend's game. Mm. Just mm. and they would have made up some injury. Like I just, I don't know what I don't know what he's got to do. He's just what's he someone. done, Mitch? What has he done behind the scenes? Like what's the what's the goss? He's got a girlfriend, so it can't be anything to do with any of Ole's kids. Yeah. So oh, look, I don't know. It's just. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Well, that doesn't mean anything, to be honest. No, they are footballers on hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's probably irrelevant. But oh, look, I don't know. He's, you know, whether it was just, whether it was thus they bought on the rumors of other clubs looking at him and they jumped at him and went, you know what, we can, we have the money, we'll sign him. Mm. You know, it's almost a bit Sancho like or a bit Ronaldo like. They didn't have a plan. They probably don't know what to do with him. And, you know, Matic comes on every time before him. And, you know, Matic is a, a really good professional. And I love having a player like Matic at the club, same as a wine matter, but more for their training ground than on the field. You know, having those guys, those senior players at your training ground is phenomenal for young kids, phenomenal for Donny, but not when he's not getting an opportunity to play. So, yeah. 
I, I don't know what Donny's got to do. Maybe, you know, I was hoping Conte could fix that one, but I guess we'll have to go back to the drawing board That's and right. see what happens. Before we get on to you, Jimmy, about the Serie mm. A and what's going on over there, the City yeah. I mean, um, we're going to head into Looking a out. new yeah. segment and shed some Ooh. light on the championship. And I think the best way to do this is to, I don't know, we'll give our collective risers and fallers over the last week or so. So, I mean... Uh, yeah, a lot's been happening over there. Bournemouth, obviously, absolutely killing it. Um, Derby are at the bottom because they've taken a 12-point deduction because of going in administration. So it's all happening over there. So, Mitch, who, who's the riser for this week in the championship? I mean, it's Bournemouth, undefeated at the top of the table, 15 wins. They're just – I actually watched their game on the weekend. I think it was – oh, gosh, I was saying I watched it. I think it was Reading. Um they just played nice football. I mean, they've got Dominic Solanke up top who, you know, had a promising, you know, there's a lot written about him when he first opened up in his career and then he sort of drifted back into the championship, but he's found his level at Bournemouth. He's doing really well. Mm. Um, they've got Scott Parker as coach who was at um, Fulham obviously last year and Fulham are one of those teams last year in the Prem who played good football. I mean, we all enjoyed watching them. They just couldn't get the results. And he's gone to Bournemouth and, you know, those players are thriving on how he's coaching and and what he's doing. And interesting enough, Fulham is sitting second in the championship. Um but I think Bournemouth are just superb. They're, they're good to watch. They're five points clear on top. Um, and, you know, I I do have a soft spot for them in a weird way. So I hope that they get back into Prem. I just hope it's, again, not to replace Burnley. <laughs> just, you know, yep. down goes Norwich. <laughs> soft spot in a weird way. What, what does that mean? Yeah, I was going to say. What the, <laughs> okay, yeah. so do, okay. Like, he likes Eddie Howe, but he's not there anymore. I so. do. I, so that's how it all started yeah. with Eddie Howe. So to draw, mm. to draw a little connection bubble here for you, for you guys, the guy mm. I coach with in Melbourne here, used to play at Sheffield and at Burnley. Um, when he was an academy coach at Burnley, Eddie Howe was the head of academy. Um, so I've got a lot of, you know, Eddie Howe stories and, and how he was with the academy and how he coaches in that term. So I've always had a lot of respect. Therefore, when he was at Bournemouth, I enjoyed everything that he did and I can see, you know, I like the way he coaches and then goes about it. So therefore, Bournemouth became a soft spot and they're just good fun to watch. They play, they've always played exciting football and, you know, they're not a, a lump at long in hope. You know, they're happy to pass it around and move teams around. And, you know, I like that. So, for me, they play good football. I like them. And it's weird now because Eddie Howe's not there and it's just Scott Parker. But I'll still still support them in a weird, you know. They're my championship team. Put it that way. Terrible reasoning. Uh, what will <laughs> happen to Sheffield United? Sitting 15th, boys. What the hell's going on there? The blades have dropped. It is. So, then they got rid of Chris Chris Wilder, didn't they? Isn't, hasn't he gone? Yep, he's yeah. gone. Yeah. He, did, he headed out at the start of the season, didn't he? Or did he get sacked after the first few games? I can't. He was, he was a off season. I think they removed. He, he sort yeah. of, it was a mutually, you know, one of those mutual situations where you're both told, look, if we can leave on mutual terms, if you just leave now, um, yeah. it was one of those. I think, and yeah, he's gone. But again, a team that they really struggled towards the end. They had that awesome. I think it was that first season they were in the prem that they absolutely took the you know the Premier mm-hmm. League by storm. And then after that, I think it just caught up to the players. And you know, the, you're either Premier League quality or you're not. Really, it's just as simple as that. Hey, mm. Al, out of all those championship teams, who do you hate the most? Do I hate the most? I don't really yeah. hate any of them, to be honest with you. As in, like, a dislike then as an Englishman? Uh, well, what about Millwall? They don't have many friends, do they? Like Millwall, I mean, I've got a good story about Millwall. I used to watch um, back yeah, in the day me. when my mate Craig used to go and watch the old Wimbledon. Yeah. The actual Wimbledon, the Dons. Yeah. Uh, none of these, these Milton Keynes, you know, franchises that come up. Uh, but we used to go and watch uh, down at Sellers Park. And there was one game mm. we uh, went to, watch Millwall. And uh, I think it was just us two in the crowd, right? And um, all the Millwall fans started ripping out the seats and throwing, on, throwing them onto the pitch. And they yeah. had that. You know, and this is so like, different. On a, on a Tuesday night. <laughs> it's like, you know, what are you doing? And they're, you know, they're all trying to start a fight. And you're thinking, well, they, you know, they just think they're hard. I mean, they are hard. Look, look, that. Yeah. You're talking about a, um, a fan base. The Millwall fan base is obviously, you know, pretty, yeah, pretty solid. Uh, mm. you know, it's no, no one, ha- no, no one likes them, and they don't care. You know, mm. that's that's what it is. They, they're not a great team to watch. Mm. But, um, they're always they're always thereabouts in the championship, though. For some reason, they never go up, and then they never go down. They're just cemented there for eternity. It seems. And old Timmy Cahill, the Aussie legend, he, he started off there as well, didn't he? He's arguably a Millwall legend, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I, I don't understand the fan base and how just everyone, 
everyone associated with that fan base seems to have a bad reputation. You know, it's just, I don't know. It, it amazes me. But I guess, yeah, Jimmy, you touched on Sheffield United. I guess we'll make yeah. them our followers this week. We're going to, we'll talk about Barnsley a bit more next week. They're struggling too. But yeah, Sheffield United. Um, yeah, they're, they've, they're worlds apart from what they were in their first season in the Premier League. And I think that's got something to do with, um, I, yeah, I think it started last season when fans weren't allowed in the stadium. I think they used that to their advantage in their first year up. And then when, yeah, when they were playing in empty grounds, I yeah, think they just got, they got found out a fair bit. Um, yeah. And just before we move on, uh, while we're on the topic of championship teams, uh, Wrexham, who are in D- Division 5, have been taken over oh, yeah. by Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, are you guys a fan of? Uh, oh, he bought them, did he? Deadpool. Yeah, he bought them. He's he bought, bought them. Yep. I've and got money. Yeah, that's it. Last week, and he said that their ambition is to get them to the Premier League. So <laughs> oh, just keep luck. an eye on that. Just keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. Where that goes, Wrexham. Five years time, Rex. What, what kits do they wear? What colors? Uh, good question. Al, yeah, thank it'll you. be the Deadpool suit by next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nick just goes Red straight to Al. <laughs> yeah. Red and green. No, I, Red yeah. and green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it's Christmas. I think they bought them in February, but it's the first game that they went to this week. Um, oh, was it? They, they played Maidenhead. Apologies. There you go. Uh, yeah, Gordon, Gordon from production says the kids are slick. Loves them. <laughs> we'll check him out after this. Imagine going down to Maidenhead in the week to see the local team and Deadpool and his mate sitting in the stands. I think that, that's the surreal one for me. <laughs> it's a real real life Ted Lasso situation, isn't it? Just two I blokes coming into a football club that really shouldn't own a football I club. I haven't seen Ted Lasso yet. Is it, you is need it to get the, around it, Jimmy. Yeah? You need to get around it. I've heard it's it's fantastic. Are you are you boys have all seen it? No, I haven't yet. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's my pod recommendation. I, I was the only one. To get on Ted Lasso. Yeah, apparently it's great. Right, we'll right. create a new segment next week. Some movie yeah. recommendations. What are you watching? Yeah, done. Or we'll all watch an episode and let us know and let everyone know what we think. All right, back on track, Jimmy. Take us go. away to Italy. Oh, let's this go off to Italy. There's too much to talk about. I mean, it was great that Juventus got the uh, the win this morning, but they, they played nobody, really. I mean, it was a nothing win. Fair enough. They're just terrible at the moment. They really are. Terrible. They lost to Verona. They lost to Verona on the weekend. Now, this is Mitch's team. And this is the story they wanted to lead with because Giovanni Simeone, who's spent his whole life, he's 26 now, but his whole life he's been living in the shadow of his dad. And he always said, look, you know, dad wrote his story. I'm writing my own. He wanted to separate. And he finally has done that. He scored six, six in two weeks, in two games. Scored four against Lazio and he scored two against Juventus on the weekend. And there were some absolute pearlers in there. And they had a... a a really shocking start to the season, Verona. They lost the first three games, and typical Italians said, oh, we're losing, we'll sack you. Sacked Di Francesco, the coach. They've got on Igor Tudor, who played for Juventus. Of course, that's why it's fantastic. And he's got them on a good run. They've scored 21 in eight matches since that, and that's more than any other team. And uh, they got wins over Roma, Lazio, Juventus, they beat. They're going really, really well, Verona. And Mitch has been to that stadium and he loves it. Another a quick fact, though, about Simeone, and this is why I love him, is because I love these little stories about these, these uh, players in Italy, is that he talks, he does his meditation before every game, something that Mitch loves. And he also watches the Rocky movie when he needs some motivation. And he likes that, you know, the, the line he says, he, you know, the phrase from Rocky, he always think about it, says that life will often put you on your knees. And the important thing is, isn't how many times you get hit, but how many times you get hit and keep moving forward and get back up. And that's what he does. He watches a Rocky movie before games, and it's worked at the moment for him. So he's going very, very nicely, and so is Verona. And unfortunately, they overtook Juventus on the weekend, which is very, very sad. Uh, I think at the moment, though, it is bag in Liverpool for drawing to Brighton. It's embarrassing. I'm going to admit it. It's embarrassing. It's not good enough. Napoli and Milan are the clear favourites at the moment, though, at the top of the table. They are unbeaten. And Napoli had a nice little uh, 1-0 win over Salernitana, who it it is the the derby, but no one really cares about the other team. But they won without Ozzyman, and Koulibaly got a red as well. They're doing really well, Napoli. I think this, this could almost be the season, the first time they win the Scudetto without Maradona in the team. It could be because they're my favourite at the moment. I've got to be honest, Juventus are crap. Napoli are doing very, very well. Hey, Jimmy. Yes, um, Nicholas. What's your opinion on the growing perception that the Serie A is... The best league in the world? I agree with league. it. Pardon? 
Uh, <laughs> the growing perception on the CDR becoming a farmer's league. What's your opinion on that? I think it's absolutely crap. And I think you're the only one who said that. And uh, you should be ashamed of yourself. Between fourth and 11th, there are only four points separating. It is a very good league. All equally as bad, maybe. No, they are not. There's quality in this league. The goals are going in. More more players are wanting to go there. Anyone can win on their day. Just watch some CDR. You don't even watch it. And you I'm just, just asking for your opinion. Well, I'm telling you my opinion. That's I, I'm telling you, it is a fantastic league. It's the second best league in the world. Okay. Yeah, the Premier League, we know it's the best league. But CDR is slowly, slowly creeping up. And there is quality. And we're going to see it soon in the Champions League. You will see it there's quality but all the the players have been bought you know we've seen all the inter milan players going to you know from chelsea lukaku and that's fine because conte left and they got a real big attachment to him and they didn't know what to do with their lives after he left Mourinho, another fact about city are he he can't beat the big teams Again, his last time went over there. He's 40 years old, scored an absolute cracker, won a penalty. Milan got the win over, over Roma. Mm. Um, but Mourinho hasn't changed Roma, and we were keeping an eye on him. Um, I, don't, I don't think they can be the big teams. I still don't think he can do enough. It is a good league, though. Just, fantastic just on league. Jose, that is the yes. first Serie A game he has lost at home. Ever. 43 ever. straight before that. How big was that? How right. big was that? That's a that's how you build it. That's a fortress. That's you talk about your home field being your fortress. But not anymore. It's broken, isn't no, it? They, there's, they there's the last, hole at the door. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, last twenty minutes. By the way, they had a player up. By the way, it's Jose, not Jose. You know, he's uh, Portuguese, not Spanish. Just pointing that one out. <laughs> Apologies. Everyone likes to be correct. <laughs> Sorry, <though>. Alan. <laughs> Sorry, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> the local yeah. Spaniard of the podcast. <laughs> um. Yeah. Moving on. Sorry. Moving oh, on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks me for that. Anyway, that was no, that's very, fine. No, no other good. comments. Fine. Thanks, Nick. No, that was <laughs> didn't enjoy that. Just we, we're just running out of time, so we got to move on to are. our Premier League Player of the Week. Back oh, onto the best league segment. in the world. Um, who wants to kick this off? Yeah, I actually I haven't seen who people have put down, so this is going to be interesting. I haven't seen the run yeah, sheet. Great. Pensioners well, first, Alan. I'm going first. I'm quick. Declan Rice. We've already spoke to, spoken about him. One yep. goal, assist, three points. Three away points for the top four chasing hammers. Mm, yep. Decent shout, of course. Declan Rice will be up there. Mitch? Um, Al's got two points for that. Um, three points because there's just no questions asked. Connor Gallagher beat City by himself effectively. Had one goal, had one assist, the same as Rice. Um, but he also had the most shots on target for Palace. Um, and, you know, he ran that midfield against, you know, arguably the greatest Premier League midfield. They had, they, had, they had 10 men though, didn't they? You still got to do the job. You, you know, you still, yeah. you know, they brought on stones and they would have shuffled, they, then they shuffled their front. They were still, he still had to break them hey, down. Do you support United or City? Because you're frothing about City. Right? <laughs> Hang on, I'm voting against City here. I, could, I, I know, but you keep on saying about they've got the best, best, best midfield in the world. They've got this. Oh. Bring on, you know. I mean, like, compared to Tottenham, we're they're laughing. Well, we're not talking. We're not talking. About <laughs> oh, geez, Alan's waking up on the wrong side of the bed. Have a look today. <laughs> yeah, correcting you, just having a go at you. I know. Ed, look, any midfield with De Bruyne, no matter what form he's in, is. See, there you go. You keep on going on about him. <laughs> I retire. Just give me the three points, Nick, and we can move on. <laughs> he wants it this week, Alan. He wants Declan Rice. He does. He's pushing. Unfortunately, boys, I've got the the best one of the week. It's undoubtable as well. You know who this is. It's Aaron Ramsdale. Are you kidding me? Say. Are you kidding me? What an absolute pearler of yep. a save. And you can't win a game without a good goalkeeper. That's that's the fact. And and he made eight, which was his eight saves, eight big saves as well, which was his record in uh, in the Premier League. But I think the whole storyline about him coming over, there was a few doubts. Hey, we've already got Leno. What are you doing here, mate? You're not good enough. Bang. He's uh, absolutely taken the league by storm and his performance on the weekend was outrageous. And that save from Madison, he had to get over. He had the sun in his eyes. He had sweat beaming down. He had players, uh, people in the crowd with lasers. He was getting shot at. He did everything they could to put him off. He came over, massive save with his left onto the post. And then he got back up and uh, and put off the, uh, the rebound as well. So a clean sheet, brilliant. And you know what I like about him as well is he embraces uh, the band from the other from the uh, from the crowd, they're chanting at him. He chants back, and he enjoys that. I really like. He's a cult hero. Could uh, it be? He was, he was Jimmy. Yeah. 
Could he be yep. the next Chesney? You know, <laughs> he could almost be. The, he's got to work on his technique a little bit, but the, to match it with Chesney, but he could almost be the next Chesney. He's fantastic, and he was Player of the Week. Thank you, Nick. Three votes. He was. He was very good. I'll give you that. That was a cracking save from the free kick. Um, we did. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with any of the plays you picked. They all deservedly, you know, they should all be in the top three. But we are missing one man, Reese James, two goals and a clean sheet. As, as a defender. Yeah, not bad. Very, very good performance. Who do you um, play against, though, man? Newcastle. Exactly. Newcastle. But still, I mean, not they the only park. won, what, 3 0, and he scored two of them. Okay. Yeah, no, it was a good, no, good, yeah. Honorable mention. That's fine. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. A bit harsh, but yeah, okay. Honorable mention. Three votes. I'll, I'll work backwards. One vote. You've, you've <sighs> never given me one. Remember that. You've never given me one. And this yeah, is without a doubt. I wasn't even joking this week. This is the player of the week. It's, it's pretty tough. I've got them all fairly equal. So it's good job tough. to you three boys. Um, yeah. All right. One vote. I'm going to have to give to Connor Gallagher, I think. Yeah. Fair sorry, enough. Fair sorry. Enough. I reckon you just listened too much to Al and he's rants yeah, against me. Al was fierce. He did not like it at all. <laughs> You're scared of Al. That's all it is. That's... It's hard to separate them, but I have to give one vote to someone and I think it has to go to him. Only yeah. The only thing working against him, he was brilliant. You know, it's hard to fault, but yeah, the 10-man factor, I don't know. I might have to, yeah, put him the Mitch one vote. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Mitch. Two, um, two I'll give to... Ooh, probably Ramsdale. The what? Boom. Seriously. No, no. I thought Declan Rice was brilliant. I really did. He was brilliant. That's fantastic. But Arsenal do not win the game without Ramsdale. And you, you just underrate keepers. They are the most important player in the team. I do agree. I do agree. But again, um, probably, I wouldn't say expected to win. Yeah, it was a, it was a good, yeah, it was a good performance. But I just, I liked, I liked Declan Leicester. Rice. It's a pearler of a free kick as well. 4-1 away at Aston Villa. That's a good result. And he just bossed the midfield, Declan Ross. Ramsdale, I was going to go for Ramsdale, but obviously, that's against my religion, that. (laughs) Doesn't touch Arsenal. See, even that proves it. If it wasn't Arsenal, he would have gone Ramsdale. Oh, mate, don't don't mm. start talking to me about bias. You haven't put Bobby Firmino who scored a hat-trick in previous <laughs> weeks. You've left Salah out multiple times. Don't even go there. So I've got your back, Al. Don't worry. Okay. Thanks, mate. Nice little alliance you two have there. That's fine. That's... Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the weekend's action coming up. There's oh. plenty happening. Plenty oh. happening. And what I'll, I'll kick things off. The, the game I'm looking forward to happens to be in the City R. It Ooh. is the Milan Derby, Inter versus yeah. AC. So that's going to be an absolute cracker. Mm-hmm. And there's another derby happening, Mitch. No, I'm not going to talk about that after Al's just made a massive... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, who, I'm gonna who, who are you going to go for now. then, Mitch? Who are you going to go for? <laughs> <laughs> No, look, obviously I'm looking forward to watching Everton beat... No, sorry, Everton beat Tottenham. That wasn't the game. Um, no, look, it is it is United City. Hopefully this is the game we see the back of Ole. But knowing Ole, <laughs> he'll probably win and it'll just be another... Oh, I don't even know. I'm over it. It's Give just... him a longer contract now, I say. Back your manager, mate. Back your manager. Blue. Got no one else. I wish we did. That's the issue. I just... I just... I oh, look. No, look, hopefully, hopefully United play well against City. But judging by their last two games, I mean, Tottenham, I'm not taking anything away from that. Um, and then Atalanta this morning, we saw the back, the, back, back, the back three didn't work. It just, you know, we got lucky with Ronaldo. And that's as simple as that is. And I think we'll be hoping for the same again. Um, there'll be no Pogba in the midfoot, so at least we know there'll be no rash challenges. But that's it. It's just, you know, it'll be, it'll be an interesting game at best. Fair Another derby. Another derby is Juventus Fiorentina, and that is actually another derby. I mean, Juventus has got more rivals than, than Al, um, it's, but Dolby. it's going to be good. It'll be good. It's 4, 4 a.m. prime time. The derby. 4 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, yeah, Sunday morning, prime time, 4 a.m. Juventus need to win it. My God. My God, win this one, please. I can't stand it. Well, we know you'll be staying up for that one. Um, not sure about the rest of us, but Al, how about you? No, it's just that big game, Everton Spurs. Yeah, absolutely. What Conte's got? No, I'm, I'm all, United City. It's going to be brilliant. Can't wait. Yeah, there are some absolute <laughs> bangers this week. Looking forward to it. Hey, I'm prediction. Forward- Sorry, it's, it's oh, Conte's first game. He wins three 0 Put it in the bank. 
Bring it. Well, it's it's possible though. they are playing Everton, who you know this probably is another squid game done. scenario for them. If they if they get smashed by Spurs, you can pencil it in. Rafa out. Gone. Three nil. It's three I'm nil. Surprised so. he didn't go after last week. To be honest. Rafa <laughs> out. <laughs> Why was he in in the first place? That's what I want to know. At Everton, being a Liverpool legend, it was just a mistake from the beginning. But yes. <laughs> Did I cut out there or you guys just don't want to... No, no, it was just speaking about mistake from the beginning. It's been a good podcast. Uh, it it has. And I'm looking forward to the weekend's action. Looking forward to hearing again from you guys next week after what unfolds on the weekend. So until next time, enjoy your weekend and catch your boys later.